Hello and welcome to Rabonas and Rhythms. I'm James Labuse. And I'm Alex Lawson. We're here at the Royal Festival Hall at the South Bank Centre in London. Yeah, bigger than our usual studio, but you know, no less grandiose. Yes, we're here at uh, the Meltdown Festival, which is curated by the one and only Nile Rogers. Uh, and we've come here to interview the Songhoi Blues. Yeah, such a great band. I mean, they're one of the bands that we've kind of had on our target list since we started the podcast. We want to bring you artists like them who can talk in depth about their culture and how they see the world uh, and just give you the space of a podcast to, to talk about those kind of themes without having to truncate it into a short radio interview. Um, so we've done the interview and uh, we're, we're pretty pleased with how it went. Um, so you're going to hear about all kinds of things. Yeah, I, I was particularly interested in hearing about how they feel that they're actually just like bands from Europe, you know, young guys in a band, um, especially in the context of kind of these musical dynasties like uh, families like Tumani Diabati is from, you know, that have this classical Malian kind of background and they don't really see themselves like that at all. So if you've got this far, you probably know who Songhoi Blues are, but just to recap, they're from Mali. Uh, they're from the north of Mali and in fact had to flee the country, uh, the north of the country uh, a few years back because of a, an invasion by a jihadist group who banned music and football. So you can imagine we talk about that quite extensively uh, in the podcast. We also talk about how they came to fame in Europe with their link up with Damon Albarn and uh, Nick uh, Zimmer from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs um, and we talk of course about football. Yeah Ali and Umar in particular were into their footy, they liked the Premier League a lot actually as it happens and we thought that you'd really like to hear their kind of views on Malian football and their perspective on football in general so uh, that's going to be definitely part of this interview. Yeah, we tend to normally do a music part of the show and a football part of the show, but today it's going to meld together and we think you'll enjoy it. So we're delighted to bring this interview with Songhoi Blues to you. Uh, here they are. Hi, I'm um, Omar, the bassist of Songhoi Blues. This is Alu, the lead singer of Songhoi Blues. Yeah, I'm Garba, guitar player. Drisa, drummer. Well, welcome to Ravonas and Rhythms. We're delighted to have you on. We've been wanting to get you onto the podcast for a long time. So we talk about world music and football uh, on the show. Um, we're here at, um, at the Meltdown Festival, curated by Nile Rogers. Can you just tell us about the formation of the band and it was under difficult circumstances that you, you formed? I mean, the band was born in 2012 when the crisis really started in Mali in June, July. That was when these jihadist people came over uh, to the north of the country from Libya, mm. and they start shooting people, uh, ban music, ban football and stuff. So that made everyone move to the south because they just needed to be safe. Musicians, young people. 
So everyone has to move basically. There is not life going on there anymore anymore. So that's how many people get to meet each other like us in Bamako in the capital. Like when you just walking down the street or hanging out in a pub and stuff, when you meet someone far uh from your hometown, when you're far from your hometown and you meet someone there, it's kind of like when you guys go from in England and you came to Bamako in the north of Mali and you meet in English people, yeah. that will blow, my, blow your mind. It's kind of like that feeling of satisfied your nostalgia. That's how we get to meet first, start hanging out, taking tea together and then play together and then that's it. That's how the band starts. You say about uh, banning um, music and football, uh, particularly obviously being musicians. How did that impact your life? That ban on music. Yes, I think that's uh, when the situations happen in Mali. It's like our life uh, stop. We stop living. So for us, it is impossible to rest there. It is very very hard for us because we play music everywhere. We play in the clubs and. Uh, uh, venues they keep even your phone you have to looking for if you have music in your phone that is very horrible for us we need to leave a very crazy situation in 2012 in Mali because uh, so many people haven't any money nothing but it was the obligation to you to move they gonna kill you or they gonna hit you it's gonna be very very it's gonna be a, a sham. What's the situation like now? Now, yeah, this guy was uh, maybe six uh, years, people still live the same situation. In 2013, French armies come in and help Malian armies to fight until we, we push the, the guys. They still there, but they haven't the same power they got in 2012. But until now, every day in the center now, Situation is still very bad because always we got lot lot kind of jihadists, you know. Mean uh, every time a uh, car gonna get in an explosion, people dead or some are someone are there. We never know where they come from. They come and kill all a village. They kill women, children, even women are preg pregnant. They kill. Is happened just some few months in Mali in the center. You know that's very that's very terrible situation. So until now we still live in Bamako, and loud people since 2012 they come in Bamako they never go back to the north. But someone are there because they cannot come Bamako pay flat and life is very expensive in Bamako. Just by being musicians, do you feel like you're being, you mentioned armies pushing back these guys, but at the same time, is music part of that fight back? Do you feel like that's part of the fight? That's the problem why they, they forbidden music when they come, they come in firstly. Because we know music are very powerful and the musician people are gonna tell something 
people gonna know that's very true. Music is very powerful, you know. So it's why we choose the way of music to tell, talk about, you know, the situation. Do you, do, I've got a question about Timbuktu because the architecture is pretty incredible, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, the, the architecture in Timbuktu is uh, from the land. The house, people build houses from the land and there is houses there from uh, many centuries, you know. And most of the people know Timbuktu, but they don't know Mali. They know that Timbuktu, they think like uh, there is like that expression of like uh, in western people say even in america even movies people say i will send you to timbuktu uh, are you coming from for timbuktu it's like um, it's kind of like that sensation like timbuktu is the badass of the world it's kind of like that in the middle of nowhere that's not true it is a city and also the first university of the world it used to be the biggest one all the like science geographic philosophy like people know it people uh, came from all over the world to visit timbuktu in that bibliotheque the, the library in timbuktu are the biggest ever yeah and i th don't think again that that people don't realize the history and the richness of the culture in in mali and as you say are they in the same in kind of music? Is am I right in terms of does you know is it Tumani Diabati who's from this kind of family of very well, you know ancient musicians? How how do you fit? Do you feel like part of that crop? Or I'm guessing you you feel more like a a young band who are kind of breaking that mold? Is am I right? Yes, uh, for us is is we we consider ourselves like a band more than uh, artists like by origin. Because Tumani Jabati, his his tribe is Griot, and they are very well known for being musician forever. And uh, for us, it's different. We are like any band in UK. Just pick music up how we found it, and just from the love we have for that music, that's it. And, and uh, where we from? Uh, the north. We from as Gao Tembutu. Uh, the music is uh, your parents gonna look at you with a bad eye. What are you doing? I'm doing music. I'm gonna be a musician. They try everything to persuade you to not doing music. So that is a new generation. We need to have an uh, open mind uh, to less chill, to follow their dream, to to be a good guy, to to. To be just ourselves, and uh, I think uh, it starts coming. It starts coming. There is still have some problem. If you're from Timbuktu or from Gao, you still have some problem with your parents. They're gonna say, "I want you to go study biology than music or law than music." <laughs> so, <but laughs> what's your parents think now that now that you've made it, you know, and you're traveling the world yeah, playing music? It, Sometimes they are okay, sometimes they are not okay. S even now, there are some in my family who like uh, me like uh, I'm the bad guy, uh, bad guy of the family because I make music. So I'm don't talk about you. You are uh, you are the revolution of the, the family, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, it's like that. It's like that. It starts coming.
we're looking, we're just talking to Matt, uh, your tour manager there. He says that you're recording some new music in his house. Can you give us an idea of uh, how that's going and um, what kind of style we might expect from new music? Yeah, we try to make our new album the third one. So we're looking for uh, a lot of ideas, a lot of uh, producers. So Night is uh, one of them. The one of uh, option. Before we meet him a lot of times, uh, just playing, mm-hmm. but we properly meet him and have conversation. Uh, one time in London, uh, uh, year ago, last, year. last year ago, and uh, he really loved what we're doing. We naturally fun. More than welcome. Yes, for us. Yes, I was. Um, I was lucky enough to run into his manager in a record shop the other day, and I mentioned I was coming to see you, and he. Suggest, he said that you guys might collaborate with Niall, at which point I almost fell off my chair. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a brilliant guy and he's also very busy. Mm. So wonder if we can fit in his uh, schedule. Of course, it wouldn't be the first huge name collaboration that you had. Of course, you had Iggy Pop on your last record. Yeah. Um, how important is it to you to collaborate with people from different styles of music and to... to build these connections uh, around the world yeah, in music i think collaboration in music is one of the most important thing in terms of the music because every single people you collaborate with will probably bring more experience and more flavor in your music and build it more so that's why it's important for us and um uh, how how did you see the reception to your to your last album, which was which was fantastic, and obviously you toured the world. Uh, does it does it feel like everything sort of ta- has taken a next step for you, or does it feel like it always has? When we start doing music, we don't know nobody. We just play music we we feel. So now, which uh, different producer, different collaboration, different featuring, it's gonna be more 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 more. Uh, important and uh, yes, is uh, more done and give us more level in the music. You know, is like uh, you said, is experience we uh, we share with people. It's the big thing we can build artists to be for to the next level. Next Can you each tell me a moment in the last uh, few years that you've kind of stopped and said, I can't believe we're here? Because, you know, I, I mean, I've had the privilege to see you live before. It's always amazing. But there must have been certain shows and certain venues where you thought, I could never have imagined that it would get to here. You know, it's really not easy, but everything is going very small, small, you know. You still remember the first time we came to London, it was just maybe... 100 people who come to show us in uh, space of oval space so after we do in london lot 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 show club and vining in london and uh, in england england was our first uh, step to come here in europe you know because our big big fun in europe the base is here england especially london you know? 
was very hard you know a young band who come from Mali and come to build your career in international career in Europe is was really not easy but we always meet good people who work for us like transgressive and all people who work for us here in in England like Koda see big you know always people push this this team up to be great today I remember uh, the first time we play at the Royal to Albert Hall Royal Albert Hall uh, was uh, one of our uh, big f- realization how we can be here that is so huge so so wonderful for us yeah just tell us a little bit more about how uh, you became known internationally because of course the African Express and Nick from the AAS played a part yeah uh that was Africa Express actually was the t- the starting block uh with Diamond Alban when they did the casting in Bamako Nick Zainer was the one who like picked Songo Blues he was like I like the guys sound great I want to do something with them and we did the record which was Subo the, s- the first single in a, a famous studio called Bogola in Mali in in Bamako there and once they bring that track into london that's when demon get to hear it and he, he add some keys and stuff and they was like okay should we bring these guys over here to do like africa express event in london which was in shoreditch over space was december 2013 yeah start with 50 50 people venues and then been playing uh, in front of 3 4000 people Yeah, that gives us a lot of challenge to keep go to the next level. That is the thing. There is always a bigger and bigger venue to play in. That's how you work in music industry. More you on it, more you go up. And more you lose the concentration on it, more there is people got millions and millions of shades of music to listen and to see. So it's hard also hard work to do. Obviously people are Com- uh, saying comparing you to western artists like you know the early rolling stones and people like that do you do you feel comfortable with how that's sort of being cast or yeah, i'm not really comfortable with that because of, for us we still are younger malian musician so when we come in europe we are very impressive but all musician we, we, we saw So for me especially as a bass player I'm very impressive impressive yeah. about the uh, bass player I saw here because for us play occidental not on the bass it is one of thing all Malian young bass player dream to to make yeah. on the bass so when I'm look the the bass player I'm so just say that wow that's amazing that's amazing so for me uh, it's, yeah it's magical you know <laughs> yeah and I'm really interested to know what you guys how you guys feel about kind of being spokespeople for Mali which has such an incredible um history of music and so many artists that we know and love over here does does that feel like a burden at all or do you do you love being the people who can tell the world about Mali and it's and it's of great course, heritage of course i mean being touring traveling around the world is can 
be the best school ever for us and talk about Mali mostly is for us a challenge and also feel that responsibility to have a mic to talk uh, that's not a chance everyone got to have a mic of from the majors and be able to talk about Mali so we're lucky to get that chance and then of course we'll keep doing that that's our purpose you know maybe a lot of people know Mali now from Songo Blues because we were six last year we we traveling a lot around the world and for us it is a, a challenge to talking about Mali everywhere about our situation how how everything is going in Mali you know and uh, it's very we feel very happy if a situation is come like that because most of most of the people actually know Mali through the music and the football that's it they don't know Mali as a country they know some city names in Mali but instead they don't know Mali and so I want to talk to you about football as well listen you know Mali is Mali is probably is not well very well known as a big football country but there is a, such a great player coming from Mali every year there is a lot of Malian players in the Premier League in France in Bundesliga or Calcio wherever it is and uh, I, and I wish you guys saw the Malian team in the African Cup like how wonderful they was how they score goal they know how to play football but most of them they don't have a support because right now this is the third years the Mali doesn't have a league the league is stopping Mali since three years so there is a lot a lot of young guys who lose their chance to be a football player to like to see their dream coming through through the football that's a shame I don't know how that has happened but the Mali have a lot of uh, uh, football player I don't know how this happened uh, music uh, I can understand Mali can have a great musician and because all the West Africa like Senegal, Burkina Faso, Ivory Coast, all these um, countries origin come from Mali. Donc Mali is the historical big city and have a lot of culture. It is careful, it is a square of culture. I can understand how this different uh, culture can have different music and uh, in the same area you can have a little interesting music and culture and diversity i can understand musically but football i cannot <laughs> mali have a great 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 football player the first uh, gold uh, ball in africa was mali uh, in africa was in mali i don't know but maybe we are we we are not lucky to have the african cup Maybe we are uh, the, like uh, England. England have uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of great uh, footballers, but uh, but uh, this last years uh, they early time uh, lose the <laughs> the cup. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. We know how you feel on that one. <laughs> so it's such incredible, and also one in terms of football, one of the the other thing that all of africa is victim is the fifa law you know here young guys like mbappe or rashford who start the career from 15 or 16 
there they are not lucky to do it anybody are not allowed to sign in a club over here till you get to 18 you know about that so which is a, a tough situation to go through imagine a lucky guy a, a very talented young guy of 14 or 15 years old from mali if he gets chance to be discovered by an a manager or agent or football agent in Mali so he's gonna have to wait Mali till he get to 18 he will lose everything he will lose he can lose his feet he will lose half of his talent because there is no competition there there is no it's not like here the guys who come over here there is still more than 50 percent left there yeah, it's, um, I actually watched a film which you may have seen. It's a Seneg uh, well, I think it's a Senegalese film uh, called Com Comment Lyon, um, and it's a, a recommended. Comment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you may have seen it. It's, and it's about uh, you know a, a Senegalese boy who goes over to France, who gets picked up by this coach. But actually, it's a scam, you know. And uh, d does that does that actually happen? That you know. Yeah, that that also actually happened to many many people because. Most of them, there is a few agents who just land into Africa. They're not doing the job right. They did go there. Most of them are doing it to get money because people know that there is a lot of money in football now. People know. So there is a few like white guys, they came to Mali or wherever in Africa and trying to pick young young guys and try to make money with it that's not how it works and most of the time it's not a talent they found they go after the money and uh, there is some rich families in mali or wherever it is who will pay this agent this manager some money just they want the kid to go in europe and most of the young guys just have the, a dream to come in Europe, which is not easy also. So uh, somehow there is always like a uh, negative profile and positive profile. So let's put more positive profile in the balance to find out how they it can be helpful. If they can, if a team, a young people can sign before 18 in Europe, what about teams and clubs from here to set academy or, or clubs there and then they can like start build themselves before they turn to 18. I think it's the op op or another option because most of them they get lost when they come to Europe I mean lost of they we find another way. The best option would obviously be that they there is an infrastructure back in Mali for these players but if the next best thing would be as you say something that not, that's a few clubs, a few teams, mostly the French teams start, start doing that in West Africa, in Senegal and a bit of, yeah, Senegal mostly, I know. Is it the same in music? Do people in Mali dream of being recognised in Europe and the US internationally? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, everyone's dream to be, to look like your idol. If you ask a young football player, he will speak to you about Mbappe right now or someone who, who play in the Premier League or Sergio Mane. Everyone want to be Sergio Mane in Senegal. Yeah. It, is, it is a dream. It's the same. All the Malian young guys 
right now want to be like Ali Fakature or Salif Keita to get to that level in terms of production and stuff. Can you tell us when your next record might come out roughly? And we'd like to know who's going to win the Champions League. And it's Champions League. And Pro- music for me, probably, probably, probably an English team. For me, yeah, because I'm a very Premier League fan, a big Premier League fan. And last year, you said like four of the, fi- uh, the final of UEFA Cup yes. uh, Champions League was from the Premier League. It's very tough. And it's the only league, I think, the only league who you need to wait till the last minute, the last day, to know who is going to be the champion. So I think they deserve it. They deserve it. It's not about money, it's about they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm not especially of football. <laughs> I don't know well for the football. But my pronostic is uh, Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. Uh, for me, next year is going to win the Champions League. Finally. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope. So, and our uh, next album probably. Uh, it's gonna come out uh, in beginning of next year, mm. between February to March. Can't wait. Yes. Can't wait for that. And for me, especially Manchester United. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it had to that's, be really good. Yeah. That's uh, sad signal. The Europa League, that would be. <laughs> 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 yeah. the Liverpool fans. Liverpool. Sorry. I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Liverpool too, but uh, my favorite is uh, in time, Manchester. Still a great team. That comes from a Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on Rome Zones and Rhythms. Hi, I'm Fatimata Jawara. You're listening to Rubanos and Rhythms. So that was the Songhai Blues, and I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, Alex and I were just chatting and um, talking actually about uh, the African kind of music scene and, and comparison with kind of the British indie scene. What, what were your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I was kind of thinking, has it ever happened um, where there's been a kind of gold rush towards a certain genre? So, you know, kind of thinking of what used to happen in the British indie scene where, for example, you know, I went to university in Sheffield and the Arctic Monkeys blew up. And then any band who sounded a bit like the Arctic Monkeys or, you know, the same thing happened with the Libertines, you know, who sang in their own accent till you know, played fairly standard indie, but with that kind of lilt to it. Um, was piled into by the music industry and obviously it's happened with loads of different genres and it's happening even now with grime even you could almost describe it as post music press but it still exists that people follow certain sites that uh, lead to it but has that happened with African music and if it hasn't then do we think why, why not uh, uh, will it happen yeah will it happen I mean uh, because uh, we were talking about how the Songhoi Blues uh, are uh, a little bit more poppy than perhaps the average um, African musician who makes it massive, um, relatively speaking, internationally. So I don't know if that would ever happen. It depends whether there'd be a gold rush towards a certain country, maybe, or a certain type of style. Uh, or maybe that's already happened and um, world music bands, as it's called. World music, we, we'll have that debate another time, I think, Bruce. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that yeah, term yeah. at all, as we've discussed. <laughs> <laughs> we've discussed at length in the pub uh, many times, but uh, world music fans will probably tell us that it happened years ago and uh, we, you know, we'd never have heard of the likes of Ali Fagatori or Tamani Diabati or whoever it might be without that kind of happening already. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? 
Well, yeah, I think they think there is a, a scene, as it were, a world music scene, which I'm using inverted commas there. But obviously, there is there is a kind of hype around artists, not in the same way as as British the British indie press, you know. Um, but but there has been. But I think, yeah, the British music press in particular has been and still is to some extent very cynical in my view and they certainly frame bands in a certain way and they help push along that that the next libertines the next arctic monkeys even if they're not as good you know they need that next band who's going to be on their front cover who will be the next thing and they might borrow bands from america to do that um what hasn't happened so far is uh, obviously that extending out to bands like songho blues um whether that could happen I don't know but in terms of there being a kind of uh, an infrastructure for bands from West Africa and other parts of the world to become the next it band I don't think there's that infrastructure that media kind of backing there you know in a in a in a combined kind of way there might be the odd blog there might there might be podcasts like ours yeah. if it if we had a big enough audience that would that would push those agendas but I don't think that's in place and I'm not sure that ever will be because obviously it's you know the world's a big place and now it's not just about the media but it's also about platforms like iTunes and Spotify and uh, Deezer or whatever you might find where basically the pluggers in there or Amazon Music whatever um, you know they are they play such a crucial role in in what people hear now so you know if you if you're on the front page of iTunes when you go on that's going to make a huge difference um, so uh, you know it's always about cool music industry has always been about what looks cool and if you get four great looking guys like Songhoi Blues um, with a very accessible sound you know they are very accessible um, then you could see a certain act becoming a breakout and then people following in the wave like you say then then it comes to down to infrastructure language um, being able to make sure these people are marketable in a way that still feels authentic because what um, Western audiences will always want and you know I'm guilty of this myself is you, you want people to represent that country that people sort of fit into a box you've got an idea of what you know about that country and I'm sure those things are reinforced by large companies when they're trying to, to sell records or to, or to sell streams internationally um, so the, the, there'll, there'll be a mainstream and a subgenre if it, if it happens and to be honest I kind of hope it does you know it's, it's not going to be a bad thing if we get to hear more musicians and more musicians are able to tour in more mainstream venues and go to wider, I, I don't see that as something that will will ruin, you know, we're particularly talking about African music here, uh, will we'll ruin that because the ability for an African band to travel internationally um, is, is probably quite difficult um, and the opportunities they might get are limited. So I, I think that could potentially be a good thing but it's got to be handled in the right way by the people who understand it you know we're indebted heavily uh, in this country to Peter Gabriel and Womad uh, for bringing international artists from those continents a long time ago and uh, yeah that there could be another wave of that of slightly trendier bands potentially yeah I think some, something we can say is that it's more likely to happen now this scenario than, than, it, than ever before because the world's a smaller place the internet exists and people are more accepting even in the mainstream you know korean artists coming to the mainstream being really popular in the west which i think is a brilliant thing you know there's been a crossover obviously with you know western pop bands being very popular in korea and japan 
for example. Uh, the fact that there's a Korean pop boy band out there that people, kids love in this country, I think is, I think it's brilliant, frankly. K-pop as a genre is massive. And again, it's that thing where something swells via the internet and then the record industry catches up because you know you can't really predict it and what that's actually really great you know I, I like that that the fans have a bit more of a say um it's just about making sure that those bands are not taken advantage of but as it ever was you know creatives uh, being able to manage themselves when they're touring and and putting out records that's, that's an age memorial kind of issue um so yeah watch this space eh? Uh, so we just thought that was something interesting to say and we'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well contact us in the usual places on social media and email us um, we're going to leave you with the song Hoi Blues how could we not and uh, later on we're going to see them at the gig and if you were there tweet us let us know I'm sure it's going to be magnificent and uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you next time we've got um, a few other episodes coming out pretty soon please stay with us yeah, absolutely. And if you, of course, as ever, if you come across footballers who are into their music or musicians who love their football, send us our way. I'm sure we can collar them, chat to them about stuff that they don't normally talk about. And uh, do keep in touch. We love hearing from you as well. Uh, we're on the usual places that you might expect, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and all the podcast platforms. Uh, so thanks for listening. Also, don't forget to rate us. Always just keep rating, but only five stars. If you don't want to do five stars, we're not interested. Oh, yeah, that's what I forgot to say. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, see you next time. <laughs> Going to the Sahara, baby.
the music of the spheres. Demonel Dur. 